following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Herfman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of Virginia. I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you again. The Jackal. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome friends, welcome foes to another exciting episode right here inside the Jackal's Head. That's right, we're live right back at you on PSN-Radio.com and of course the world famous SoFlow Radio and Global Enlightenment Radio Network. Thank you all for joining me on this beautiful October 4th, 2020. And yes, I know I say beautiful and I understand we're going through a, a, a crisis. It's, uh, you know, I talk about it every week. We have the, the Kung Flu. Now we have the president sick. But it is a beautiful evening because from all accounts, he's doing a whole lot better and he's on the road to recovery and things are looking good. In the polls... For POTUS 45, I have uh, some news to get to, some audio clips. I started off where, uh, right there with uh, the latest walk-away protest, uh, which I am completely 100% in support of. In fact, I consider myself one of the pioneers because I walked away back in 2015. And uh, 2016, I started a move to actually get my uh, Democratic... Um, I guess, uh, affiliation removed from my uh, political uh, voting uh, uh, registration, and I managed to do it. In fact, I went uh, this past year, earlier, uh, to the website, and I searched after a couple of years of really trying, because I don't let you go easy, uh, I am now completely 100% independent. But yes, I will be voting for Trump. <clears throat> Let me uh, say that in less Russian. Yes, I will be voting for Trump. Now, all jokes aside, as you saw there or you heard, Brandon Straker is the uh, lead member of the walkway movement. He is an openly gay gentleman, and uh, he has uh, 100% support on our president, uh, Donald Trump. And uh, funny enough, and uh, we have to uh, laugh a little bit more at the previous debate, by the way. And... um, the reason we have to laugh is because, of course, presidential nominee Joe Biden and I, you know, I, I cringe and I laugh every time I say that uh, because, you know, this is the kind of rhetoric that Joe Biden uh, spews whenever he's asked anything. Look at this ignorance by Joe Biden. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right wing problem. His this own is a left wing. This is a left wing problem. White supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not militia. That's what oh, his it's an idea. FBI. His okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, then, gonna, then you know what? No, no, we're done, we're done, sir. Everybody, we're moving on to the next. We're moving on to the next. That's not an idea. Everybody in your administration tells you the truth is a bad idea. Can I tell you what? You have no idea. Antifa is a dangerous All right, radical gentlemen, group. we're now moving on to the Trump. And, and that tag team two against one there, uh, the president called out Antifa. And, of course, Joe Biden lied. In fact, none of the uh, federal agents that he mentions have ever claimed that Antifa is not a real thing. Uh, that's a lie. Antifa is a real thing. In fact, in this walk away, one of their charting members 
Funny enough, his name is Jason Charter. Uh, he was uh, one of the uh, founding members of Antifa. Not the founding, but one of the founding members of, uh, I think, the Washington chapter. He was arrested again. Now, this, uh, you know, Cupcake uh, was arrested back, uh, what was it, jeez, uh, uh, July or whatever it was, when they were taking down the statues. Uh, I think it was Andrew Jackson's statue was arrested for that. And uh, he might face up to uh, 20 years in prison now. So, for being a figment of our imagination and just, uh, you know, not a real thing there, Joe Biden, it turns out you lied. Because they are a real thing. And uh, tell Jason Charter that, that it's not a real thing. When he's facing 20 years in prison for being not only a member of Antifa, but one who took down a statue. So, guys, there you go. Another lie exposed of Joe Biden right from the debate. And, you know, I tell you what. I've read so many things uh, online the last few days after the debate, uh, which are really head-scratchers when it comes to people like... Uh, on the on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and the left has really just gone off the hinges when it comes to a lot of these things. When it comes to uh, the president, no matter what happens, they must just you know claw at him like it's it's a derangement syndrome I have never seen the likes of. You think that if Obama, when he was in office, if he would have come down with SARS or uh, H1N1 or, or any disease or any virus that we would all rejoice. No, we would have wished them well and, and hoped for a speedy recovery because that's what human beings do. But on the left, I think their humanity is gone. I've seen so many vile and angry and upset Democrats that are just uh, rejoicing that the, the man is sick. I mean, really, they wish death upon the president folks now i don't know about you but i can't remember a last time in my entire life i'm 42 and be 43 this year hopefully i make it um i can't remember in my entire life a moment where a president has had one side so like unhinged that they wish him death no matter what even when he's uh, literally in the hospital with the virus, which is a global pandemic. At some point, morality has to kick in, right? Well, not for the left. Apparently, they forgot what morality is all about, and they forgot what humanity is all about. So while they are doing their best to try to besmirch, lie, and make up stuff on the president, truth is, he is doing a whole lot better. In fact, here's an audio clip of President Trump um, you know, saying that he's uh, he's doing okay, and uh, he has a little surprise for everybody. Check this out. Just for people who missed this, I want to read the message from Mark Meadows. Okay, this is the kind of president we have. He's in the hospital with COVID. He sees the supporters out in front of the hospital live on your show. He sends me out to give Trump chocolate kisses to them as a thank you for the love and support they're sending his way from Mark Meadows. You can kind of see the video of them, yeah. you know, being handed the chocolate. Because uh, the U.S. president, and this is our breaking news, it happened just a short moment ago, he's tweeted a video updating his coronavirus progress from inside the Walter Reed Hospital where he is being treated. Just now he's greeted supporters outside the hospital. He was in a motorcade, you can clearly see him, but this is what he's had to say. We're getting great reports from the doctors. This is an incredible hospital, Walter Reed.
The work they do is just absolutely amazing, and I want to thank them all, the nurses, the doctors, everybody here. I've also gotten to meet some of the soldiers and the first responders, and what a group. I also think we're going to pay a little surprise to some of the great patriots that we have out on the street, and they've been out there for a long time, and they've got Trump flags, and they love our country, so I'm not telling anybody but you, but I'm about to make a little surprise visit. So perhaps I'll get there before you get to see me. Uh, but I just, uh, when I look at the enthusiasm, and we have enthusiasm like probably nobody's ever had. Our people that love the job we're doing, we have more enthusiasm than maybe anybody. So uh, it's been a very interesting journey. I learned a lot about COVID. I learned it by really going to school. This is the real school. This isn't the let's read the book school. And I get it and I understand it. And it's a very interesting thing. And I'm going to be letting you know about it. In the meantime, we love the USA and we love what's happening. Thank you. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is a president. That's a man who loves this country, loves America, loves the people, and is willing to put his own life on the line for us and uh, not hide in a basement for months and months and months. And they just come out and spew a bunch of lies in a clearly rigged debate. I mean, Chris Wallace, uh, you know, after I went over it on Thursday, um, and I played the audio clip of uh, Chris Wallace asking the president, point blank, to condemn white supremacy. And he did that. And point blank, he did that in 2016. Okay? And he got asked, uh, as we all know, uh, in this past debate, he got asked the same question again. Now, Joe Biden doesn't get asked uh, these questions, and he's the one who eulogized a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Joe Biden doesn't get asked uh, any of these questions, even though, uh, you know, Chris Wallace even said in the monologue, you know, you've often criticized Joe Biden for not, uh, you know, abolishing Antifa and Black Lives Matter and these domestic terrorist groups. Are you willing to completely condemn white supremacy, Mr. President? So it went back to, to Trump, even though the question really should be geared to Joe Biden, who had a history for 40 plus years of being a person who was literally involved in tearing black homes apart with his crime bills over and over again it has been exposed by his own words calling uh, black folks like uh you know super predators saying he doesn't want his kids raised in, in a racial jungle of a school i mean talk about racism remember you ain't black if you don't vote for joe biden or whatever the heck that was i mean the guy is a clear racist you have, you know, you know, I know a lot of people are brainwashed because he was the vice president to Obama, but you have even that to look at. What did he say about Obama when uh, he was announced the VP candidate? He said, well, finally, we have a, a black guy who is articulate and speaks well. What? Wait, 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 excuse me? Articulate and speaks well? So you're saying no other black person in history has been articulate or spoken well? How about Herman Cain, rest in peace? Candace Owens, who's still alive and well, she speaks phenomenally well. In fact, if she ever ran for president in the future, she has my vote. She's an amazing lady. You know, there's a lot of black folks that speak well. Are you kidding me? 
Uh, who would say such a thing? The only black person who's ever spoken well. Ironically enough, of course, uh, Obama is half white, raised by a white family, went to white schools. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, yeah, he's mostly a white guy. And, of course, his only uh, interaction with uh, the Brotherhood was the Muslim Brotherhood. And uh, that's his, uh, really his introduction to socialism and uh, Marxism and, and everything else that he, that he brought with him when he was president for eight years. Hey, I was on the Obama train also. I thought, hey, great, we have a, uh, you know, a black president. That's awesome. And I voted for the guy. And then, of course, you know, like a lot of folks who follow the show here know that once uh, Obamacare came in to, uh, to play, it did horrible things for not only my family, myself. It displaced millions of people off of their original health care, which he said that was not going to happen. That was a lie. I mean, there's so many things that Obama did which were just completely anti-America, anti-capitalism, anti-republic, and completely trying to tear down the fabric slowly of this country. And the transition to Hillary was going to be the next step forward in the progressive transitioning and destruction of this country. This is why they hate Trump so much, because he came in and kind of cock-blocked the whole thing. He put a, a big old monkey wrench into the plans of the left, and that's why we're seeing so much anger out of the left, because this is what they want. They want to destroy this country. Uh, Nazio Souza who uh, I think that's how he pronounced his name. I'm pretty sure I, I got that right. He uh, came out with a, a Hillary's America documentary. I highly, highly recommend everybody goes and watches that. If, if you've not seen it, it's free on YouTube. I posted it on my main website. You can go there, angelespino.com. All one word, angel, A-N-G-E-L, espino, E-S-P-I-N-O.com. And you go watch the entire thing for free. Absolutely free. It's right there in the tab. Just go over there right now. Well, not right now, but after the show. And watch the whole movie. It's a, a great documentary, and it really would put together the dots needed for those of you in the bubble who are not quite sure of what's happening. And if by now you don't know what's going on or who you're going to vote for, then, uh, you know, I have a thing or two to tell you. It's about time you start picking sides. Uh, because it's become very clear that the agitators, the looters, the riots, and all the evil things that have been happening in this country in 2020 are coming directly from the left. I mean, this is no longer a joke. It's no longer uh, conspiracy or rhetoric. They're, they're trying to destroy the very fabric of not only the country, but the world and globalize it. David Icke uh, spoke about this, and he was brilliant about what he said, and I usually give him a lot of a slack over the years. I've, I've done that, but I, you know, this time I, I stand behind what he said and uh, that uh, that speech in London, which, by the way, got removed from everywhere immediately because they don't want you to know the truth, guys. And uh, that's a sad reality. It's been happening for many, many years that since uh, really the left uh, decided to take on uh, Marxism and implement that into this country. And uh, that's happening for decades now. In fact, I would even go back uh, after the war, uh, after World War II, where we know we supposedly beat Nazi Germany. You know, we did one major mistake. We took a lot of those Nazi uh, scientists and soldiers, and uh, we allowed them to come to America and interbreed with our society here, and uh, kind of get you know maybe that some of that ideology in in this country, and a lot of that has bled through over the years, and now. 
we have what we have. It was like the perfect Trojan horse, right? You know, you have Renault Van Braun who took over the space program and then created NASA. So that was a great achievement for our country. And we all looked at that. Hey, not a, not a bad thing done by him. NASA, we got to the moon, yada, 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 all, the, all that good stuff. But then things started going a little bit ugly with things like, uh, you know, Roswell that happened a few years later. The crash, at, you know, in Roswell that was covered up. And I, uh, I, I'm 100% behind that was a cover-up. Uh, we've had a truth embargo on the UFO subject for many years, one of many. We had the JFK assassination, which was a complete conspiracy and a complete cover-up. And uh, we've had so many things happen in this country over the last uh, you know century where you look at it and you're like, who are the players behind the scenes? A lot of times they're Marxist, socialists, and, uh, it, and it's clear that they're trying to keep things on their own level and us away from the reality and the truth. Remember, Trump is the first sitting president who openly said that, yeah, he's been briefed on UFOs and aliens, and uh, while he's not a 100% believer, he does believe what he's been shown and what the Pentagon and other people are saying that they're seeing in our skies. That, folks, is the beginning to the road of disclosure. And tonight, ironically enough, I have uh, the pleasure of welcoming in on the second hour of the show a man who's been on the uh, the forefront of this fight for years now. He's one of my heroes in the in the world of uh, ending the embargo on the UFO cover-up. He's one of the pioneers of this exact movement. And I applaud him, uh, you know, all politics aside, I applaud him for his work. And I think once disclosure does happen, I think we're a lot closer now than we were even a year ago. But once it happens, I really do think once we go post-disclosure and, you know, we realize who we really are and what we really mean to the world and to the cosmos in general, I think one day we're going to have a statue of Stephen Bassett somewhere, and it's uh, highly appropriate. The man is, like I said, a pioneer in the field and one of the true good guys. And, I, you know, I, I love having him on the show. He's been on here in Skywatchers uh, many times over the uh, last decade. And uh, it's somebody that I really treasure calling a friend. And uh, he will be with me at 11 p.m. tonight. And uh, we're going to talk about where he stands on, the you know, what's happening now with disclosure and, you know, the environment politically that we're in i'm dying to hear his thoughts on a lot of these things and uh, that's going to be here again at 11 so if you guys tuned in ready to hear Stephen bassett he's going to be on with us in fact uh he's uh, already uh communicated that he's ready to rock and roll and it's going to be a, a fun fun show if you guys are not aware the podcast is free again on angelespino.com once uh, the show is over, it'll be podcast on audio there immediately, and the video will be on YouTube uh, within probably the next few hours, as it, you know, it takes a while to render. So uh, once that's done, it'll be live on YouTube as well for your watching pleasure. And uh, we're going to get to a lot of stuff with them. I have a couple other uh, you know clips that I want to play, but with that said, I also have a couple of other things that I want to read and get to. Which are very funny. Uh, I started off the show, as you know, with the uh, the whole walkway 
um, rally, which just took place, uh, I think it was like, what, a day ago? It took place. And again, Jason Charter, uh, the DC Atifa ringleader, was arrested at the walkaway rally. So again, once again, a figment of our imagination, according to Joe China, Biden, was arrested at the walkaway rally. And uh, in fact, uh, there's video out there on the internet. You could thank uh, Cassandra Fairbanks for posting this. Uh, she uh, posted that he was crying his eyes out when he was being arrested. Why? Because again, this guy is facing 20 years, folks. I kid you not. I, you know, I, it's hysterical to hear Joe Biden say that Antifa's not real. It's a, it's a figment of your imagination. It's your own people said they're not real. But yet I'm looking at the real face who knocked down a real statue and who got really arrested at a real walkaway rally. So just let that, let that sink in, folks, before you know you take Joe Biden at his word. Because his word means nothing. In fact, remember, this is the same Joe Biden who, who said, Trump is vulgar and not presidential. Right? He said that. But yet, addressing his own base, the people that were going to vote for him, he called one guy and said, uh, you're a dog-faced pony soldier. He said, he told another guy, you're full of shit. He called another guy and said, you're a horse's ass. Okay, he, t- he told another uh, guy, I'm going to go out and I'm going to slap you in the face. He uh, stopped himself before he finished the, the sentence he was about to like spew on some poor dude who was a Biden supporter until this moment. And I'm pretty sure this gentleman is going to vote for Trump now. But he said, listen, fat. And then he stopped, stopped himself. I think he was going to go with fat ass or fat boy or, or whatever. Uh, so that is Joe Biden. He claims that Trump is not presidential and is vulgar. But yet he treats his own people like that. Trump has never treated his own people like that. In fact, he's never treated anybody like that other than maybe Rosie O'Donnell, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, you know, people that are evil. You know, he, he's talked bad about them. People like uh, Joe Biden do not deserve our sympathy. That guy is truly deranged. And, uh, you know, for all the, the crap that people want to get trouble about, oh, well, he inherited billions from his dad. No. He inherited some money. His brothers inherited money also. Yeah, he got money from his dad. But when your dad is passing away and he leaves a will, what else is he supposed to do with his money if he's a wealthy person? Think about that. You're condemning somebody because his dad did what every other American would do, which is leave his inheritance, his money to his children. Think about that. Let that sink in for a second. So while Trump is being criticized for, you know, having money given to him by his dad, Joe Biden, how did he inherit his money? Oh, yeah, that's right. He he got his money by doing nothing for 40-plus years in Congress and in the Senate, by eight years of 
being in the White House next to a president and doing absolutely nothing, uh, but getting money for his son through uh, Ukraine uh, corruption, China corruption. And the latest was the Russian uh, corruption with the mayor's wife who gave him uh, how many millions? Uh, there was it a f- almost $4 million, maybe more than that, uh, for Hunter Biden. So that's how the Bidens make their money, through actual corruption, actual deeds of evil. But yet somehow, that's okay, according to the left. But a president who his father you know, left him an inheritance, he went created some businesses, he had his ups and downs, he fell on hard times, he picked himself back up, and he continued moving forward and made billions. That's the bad guy. That's the, that's the evil one. And by the way, I love the fact that the tax uh, leak was a complete dud. They, they, they keep trying to like search every nook and cranny of Trump to see if they could just get some like spaghetti, throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. None of it does. It's hysterical. It really is. Uh, the, the The tax return came. Uh, the the leaks came. Uh, came out really funny because they're they claiming, "Oh, you see, you only paid seven hundred and fifty dollars on taxes in twenty sixteen," which is not accurate, by the way. They're they're talking about personal taxes compared to the five hundred plus corporations which he owns that all paid taxes, which all came from his pockets, uh, but at a lower rate. Now, these are completely legal tax loops, which every billionaire takes a hold of and does when they own multiple businesses. If you have depression, if you have losses in one business or another, you declare them as uh, you know losses or the, uh, whatever, and you know you show proof, it's completely legal. And what happens is you can take deductions out of your own main taxes because you own so many companies. This is a completely legal tax way of doing things. Uh, and, in fact, a lot of these, uh, and Trump even pointed it out when Joe Biden tried to point out that he only paid $750 at the uh, debate. He said, yeah, these are tax bills uh, that were passed by you and your administration uh, Obama's administration, Clinton's administration, and the Bush administration, they've all passed these bills. Billionaires take advantage of this all the time. So why am I being condemned, basically, is what he's saying. Why is he being condemned? Because of something that every billionaire does, every millionaire does, and was literally put into place by Obama. How is that Trump's fault? Because he's following the law and the rule? That's how unhinged the left is. They want to create nothing into chaos. Oh, $750, how dare you? Evil orange man only paying $750. But yet they don't count the millions and millions of taxes he's paid with all his other companies. Right? They don't count that. No, they don't want to count that because that would mean that he actually paid a lot more money. Which he said in the debate, he's paid millions of dollars over the years, millions and millions. In fact, I remember a couple of years back uh, where Rachel Maddow, that beauty, came out and said that uh, he was definitely going to be busted on uh, the tax returns. I think it was, what, the 2005, 2005? 
uh, tax return, which she had gotten her hands on. And she's like, this is going to show proof. I'm telling you right now. And I guess she didn't proofread it because she went on air. And she said, well, it shows here that he paid taxes for this, for that. And you could tell that she was reading the, the, the thing that she was like having this woman like, oh, I goofed. Maybe you should proofread these things before you go live on air there, Rachel. Because it actually showed he paid more taxes that year than CNN and CNBC and a lot of these major networks. One man paid more taxes than major networks. Think about that. One guy. That blew up in her face. And it's funny because, you know, they don't want to admit to that. They'll never admit to when they, they're wrong. They just won't. And that, folks, I think is part of the reason why we have never gotten disclosure. The wrong people have been in charge of the facts. They don't want to release it. They want to keep us in the dark about everything. And they want to keep lying to us. And this is one reason I think even uh, folks that are UFO buffs like myself, have to start looking at it and saying, you know what? It hasn't worked with these people for many, many decades. And yet Trump goes into office and immediately he's saying, yeah, I believe this and that. And then the Pentagon is releasing footage and admitting to it. So who's the honest one here? I truly believe that before his presidential uh, second term is over, that he will at least give us soft, full disclosure. When I say soft, full disclosure, I don't mean that he's going to just say, they're all friendlies, but yeah, they're aliens. No, I, I'm saying that he's going to allow NASA and whatever the Space Force, whatever Elon Musk uh, and these people see out there to start saying, yeah, we've seen this, that, and this is what we've been working on, sort of from you know some engineered stuff to, of crashes, you know, some of that stuff, I think, will start coming out more and more. And again, and uh, maybe a few years, hopefully, once we are post-disclosure, uh, we get a statue built. One that cannot be torn down, by the way. But we get one built for Stephen Bassett, our guest tonight at 11. Because it's well-deserving. Again, he's uh, one of the pioneers in the ending the embargo movement. Which is far, far too uh, long now. And uh, it's something that, uh, again, I've been pushing for over a decade plus before I even started my podcast. Before I had ever spoken to Mr. Bassett, I was on the uh, the push to stop that embargo because it is literally the most important question that we face as a humanity. Are we alone? Who are we? Where do we come from? Are we really indigenous to this planet were we seated here has there been genetic manipulation over the years what are the facts of us as a species these are questions we which we don't know how to answer yet and maybe we'll never know maybe the aliens that are coming down here have no answer for that either they just you know they came by they saw things happening they stuck around and you know, they've been around for maybe a long time, but they maybe they didn't deal with genetically manipulating us. I mean, we don't know what the facts are. I hope one day we do. I hope I live to see it. I hope you live to see it. But 
you know, whether that happens or not, there's a lot of things that we have to look forward to, folks. And one of the many things is moving forward from the coronavirus and, uh, and moving uh, to a point in time where, you know, white supremacy is no longer an issue and it's no longer asked uh, to be disavowed or anything like that. Okay? Or at least you get people who actually are racist disavowing them. In fact, uh, you know, Richard Spencer, who is a white supremacist, just came out, uh, what was it, a month ago, and he uh, endorsed Joe Biden. Okay, he's publicly endorsed him for president. Now, I wonder if the media will ever ask uh, Biden to disavow Spencer. Right? You would think with the with the veracity that they uh, demanded uh, Trump uh, disavow David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan, that they would do the same for Biden. But again, they don't. They don't care about white supremacy. It's all hearsay. It's all part of the plan to smear one man. And in fact, remember, guys, Nancy Pelosi said it. This is nothing more than the wrap-up smear in your face happening. While she was eating her ice cream, they were preparing for this very thing. 2020 was a plan Democrats had in their phase for a long time. They wanted this to happen. As soon as Trump won, this is part of the plan to dethrone, overtake, destroy the Constitution, the government, and the way of life of millions of people. And if you think this is going to get better by Biden winning, are you kidding me? The guy can't get through a sentence without, you know, a gaffe. You know he's not going to be really in charge. We all know that. But, you know, uh, he's the Democratic uh, nominee, so if you are still on the bubble... You know, again, get with the program. And uh, I don't mean that in a MK Ultra type of programming. I mean that in a, in a sense that... I mean, get with the facts. Okay, now I'm going to move on to a little bit less political stuff here as uh, uh, we have only a, a few... Um, you know, we've got a, a, at least 20 plus minutes before we go on break. Uh, but I wanted to uh, also bring up uh, something that really just caught my attention and really pissed me the hell off uh, the last couple of days. And if you're a fan of this guy, you should be very pissed off. And in fact, the reason I share this is because everybody who is uh, who grew up in the 80s and 90s, I'm sure is well aware of who Rick Moranis is. You know who Rick Moranis is, right? Remember Rick Moranis, Spaceballs? Um, geez, uh, let's see, the Ghostbusters movies, he, I mean, legendary actor, he was, uh, in countless 80s hits, uh, he's also been on the, uh, a voice, I think, on the show, the Goldbergs, he was, of course, very, very famous for the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies, uh, he played, uh, um, uh, was it, uh, the Flintstones, that's right, he played Barney Rebel, I mean, he a, a tremendously uh, gifted comedian, 
And, uh, of course, I think the most notable uh, roles that he, he's been in it was Wayne Zielinski in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies and Lord Hellman in Spaceballs. Those are probably the two best-known movies, uh, movie franchises or whatever that he's been involved in. But, again, Ghostbusters, he was, in, he was a big part of that. So, I mean, three major franchises. And the reason I bring him up is because... Sadly, he was attacked walking in New York, just minding his own business. He was just uh, out for a walk. I guess he was, uh, you know, maybe going to uh, pick up some lunch or something. I don't know. He was just walking. And uh, some random thug just walks up next to him and punches him right in the head. Like, out of nowhere, unprovoked, just sucker punched him right in the head, knocked him down. Mind you. We're talking about Rick Moranis, who is, I mean, he he doesn't look like he's aged, you know, a whole lot badly. Like, he still looks like he's in pretty decent shape. But he's 67, folks. Okay, 67 is not a spring chicken. And he took a massive blow to the head and just fell over. I thought he might have been brain damaged. And this is just a couple of days ago. In fact, there's a $2,500 reward for the New Yorker. Uh, and I say that because he had a shirt that says, I love New York on it. Uh, and uh, this gentleman is either African-American, Indian, or Latino. Uh, he's dark-skinned. Uh, and he just, again, sucker-punched the crap out of Rick Moranis. And it's just, it's horrible to watch. The video is tough to get through. Because you know who is getting hit, and you know how, how much of a, a gentleman this guy is. Remember, he quit acting when his wife died of cancer, so he could take care of his kids. In the height of his popularity, he quit acting because his wife died of cancer to take care of his kids. This is a good guy. This is not a guy who deserved to get punched for absolutely no reason. All right, but yet. This is what happens in today's America. It's a sad, sad thing that we're going through. Where you can't even walk the street now without getting punched in the head by one of these crazy thugs. I guarantee you, the guy with that I love New York uh, sweatshirt on, the hoodie. By the way, he had a, a mask on, so it's harder to see in the video what his face looks like. Which is another thing. This is why I'm, I'm so against wearing masks all the time. It makes it really easy for some of these individuals to do this and uh, sucker punch individuals, you know, beat people up and get completely away with it because nobody can see them. If you can't see this, uh, the, the person, how can you arrest somebody, right? So, you know, that's a tremendously uh, bad thing about having to wear a mask in public all the time. But I think also that might be part of the plan. And maybe I'm just being, I don't know, a conspiracy theorist. But I think that might be part of the agenda. So they get loot, riot, beat, punch, murder. And if somebody's recording it, hey, you can't see their face. You can't prove it's them. And when you can't see their face, what are some of these Antifa and Black Lives Matter uh, thugs doing? They're going online saying, they've posted several videos on this saying, don't share photos with or video uh, or any content that shows the face of our members. Don't do that. Because that's just giving them a way to arrest us. 
They've literally said that on several videos. They're telling their own people that are recording this not to show the faces of individuals that are out with them committing crimes. Now, while COVID, I do think, is a real thing, the mortality rate has been very low on it uh, compared to the amount of people that have gotten sick. My family have had, uh, we've had, uh, well, like five people, including my dad and his girlfriend who got sick with COVID. They, they got over it okay. No harm done. The president seems like he's going to be okay. No harm done. And my dad's had many health issues. And uh, he's, he's doing well. He's, in fact, he tested negative twice now since he tested positive. And it took a, he took about a month to quarantine, which just means he was kicking it with his girlfriend at, at her house for about a month. And uh, he had a, a lovely time, I'm sure. Both of them are just spending time together, and uh, they got over it. They're okay. I saw them recently. They're doing just fine. I've had health issues for the last uh, half a decade plus, maybe uh, a little bit more since my diagnosis with lupus was back in, what, 05, 04, around there. I never really had a flare-up until like 2016, 2017, when it started getting bad. And... um my re-diagnosis was in 2015 when I uh, I saw a doctor and told me, yeah, you definitely have it, uh, but you might want to get another uh, exam because you're not really flaring up, but you definitely have uh, the symptoms. And, uh, you know, I had tragedy in my family with my mother passing and stuff, and I kind of put that to the side, and uh, it flared up, and sure enough, I, I went through a, a bad stage where I lost my voice for a while. I mean, if you guys listen to my show, you, you know what I've talked about over the years, uh, where I had to even take time off of this show, because I couldn't do, uh, you know, all the shows that I was doing at, at some time. If you go back to my archive, listen to my voice when I first started the podcast, and listen to it now. It's like two different people talking to you. So I completely, you know, understand... Uh, going through health issues and stuff, and it's never a fun thing to uh, to go through that. Uh, and I, I hope that, uh, again, going back to uh, Rick Moranis, I hope that he doesn't suffer any major brain damage or anything like that. Uh, and we show, we all show compassion to him. I know he's an actor, he's a Hollywood elite, as some would say, but again, nobody deserves that kind of treatment. Nobody does. And nobody deserves what the president is going through when it comes to the covid 19 hatred that he's got from the left uh where is the compassion in the world folks where is the unity it's uh it seems like it's uh it's gone and it's it's gone from the left anyway i think the right uh for the most part are still kind of uh on, on point with that in fact uh i would say that because uh, you know i get a lot of uh joy uh, when I see marches like the uh, walkway movement, uh, and I and I hear things uh, from there which really bring light to the subject, because again, this is not a black, white, gay or straight issue. This is a right and wrong issue. This is a free America, free society, free world issue. Right now, they want to enslave us. They want to bring a new world order. They want to globalize the planet in complete anarchy. They want to tear down the very fabric of what not only made this country great, but what can make the entire world great. And no matter what you think about the USA, this is still the best country in the world. And I highly will debate that with anybody. You can't tell me or name another 
country and this planet that is as good as America has been for all its flaws. This is why I walked away. from Virginia. Nico, what's the reason you decided to come out to the walkaway event? So the walkaway, just to let people know we're unsilent, it's time to stop being quiet. You know, we should not be ashamed of supporting our own president, our own right. You know, we don't have to, just because people think we're racist doesn't mean that we're racist. You know, people have condemned white supremacy, we've condemned KKK, we condemned all that. All we're doing is just trying to stand up for our freedom, stand up for our country, nothing wrong with that. And if people tell you there's something wrong with that, well, it's time to walk away. It's time to show them that we don't support that. And people think that we all support this radical left agenda. We don't. A lot of us really don't. It's time for the silent majority to start standing up for your freedoms. And that's why I'm wearing my Nicaragua gear, because they don't have those freedoms over here. I mean, over there. Um, you know, they don't have freedom of speech. They don't have gun rights. They don't have, they have a dictatorship right now. Uh, people are being swept up by the police, disappearing, their parents don't know where they are. So, you know, all the things that people claim that are happening over here, it's happening over there. And a lot of countries besides Nicaragua, the UK, Canada, a lot of people are losing their rights. They don't have freedom of speech, they don't have gun rights. So this is the last true free country. And a lot of people are depending on this election. So vote Trump 2020 and walk away. Yeah, my, my, uh, my last question really quick is, just what, what was your reaction uh, you know, to Trump getting COVID-19 and, and do you have a message for the president? Um, get well soon, Mr. President. My reaction was he's gonna get through it. He's a bulldog, he's a, t he's a bull. You know, he's not worried about it. We're not, I mean, we are kind of worried about him. We're praying for him, of course. We want him to get better and everything. Um, but we're not, we're not worried about it in the sense we'll know he'll get through it. And once he gets through that, once he kicks COVID's ass, He's gonna kick Biden's ass at the polls. Uh, Robert from Florida. Robert, what's the, what's the reason that you decided to come out to the uh, walkaway event today? Uh, well, obviously, uh, we wanted to support President Trump on his re-election and uh, come out here and enjoy the sights. I haven't been here in a long time, so it's a beautiful day. I think the message is getting across about everybody uh, is supporting him, and we're hopefully you know, on November fourth, it'll be a good result for us. And with uh, President Trump, you know, getting COVID-19 and him being, you know, transported to Walter Reed last night, what, what was your reaction to that? And, and do you have a message for the president? Um, my message to the president, the first lady, hey, we're rooting for you. God bless you. You're doing a great job. Hang in there. I know he's a fighter. He'll come back from this, no problem. But it shows that even the president can be susceptible to something like this. And it's no big deal. You just fight through it and carry on, you know? Well, I'm from California, and as we all know, California is very corrupt. Um, I actually went to the first uh, Rescue America rally in California in Beverly Hills, and I've been following Brandon Schrock since uh, probably January or February of this year. When I was in Texas, I found out about the walkaway movement, so um, I'm just glad to be a part of it. I wanted to be able to show my face and show that there are uh, black conservatives that do support Trump 
Uh, we do need more faces out here. We're all Americans and yes, we're all Americans, but people still see color and I just feel like it's important to have people of color on the front line walking uh, with the rest of the Patriots. Today, Walkaway is presenting the Unsilent Majority March on Washington. The purpose of this event is to get the silent majority to show that we are not going to be silent anymore. We're going to stand up. We're going to fight for our country. We're going to fight against the radical left because freedom in America is worth fighting for. And many of us have walked away from, from the radical left. We've walked away from the lies, the division, the hate, the violence, the vandalism. And we just want a more beautiful, more loving, more unified America. And so that's why we're here today, because we're going to stand up, use our voices and fight back for freedom. And one thing we're doing today is we're asking everybody is, you know, what was your reaction to the news of, you know, President Trump uh, with the COVID-19? And, you know, do you have a message for the president? I was devastated when I got that news and I continue to be concerned, but I also continue to be really optimistic because I know that the reason why he is who he is and where he is and why we all voted for him is because this man is a fighter. He's strong. He's tough. Uh, he's taken on foreign enemies, he's taken on local enemies, domestic enemies, and we know that he can fight uh, coronavirus as well. So I have no doubt that he's going to come through this strong, he's going to be alright. My message to the President is stay strong, stay tough, we're all behind you, we've all got your back, we're all praying for you, we love you, and we can't wait for you to come through this and celebrate your victory on November. Well, there you go, folks. Walk away. Now, if uh, you want some more good news, even though he's uh, hospitalized and uh, he's been, uh, you know, with uh, diagnosed with COVID, guess what? In the latest poll, Trump has beaten Biden despite being hospitalized. That's right. The latest poll has it. U.S. election, uh, let's see, it says U.S. election poll, Trump beaten Biden despite being hospitalized with COVID. The Monthly Democracy Institute, Sunday Express poll for the presidential election shows that Mr. Trump is still on course for victory with a 46% of the popular vote supporting uh, support compared to his Democratic rival Joe Biden with 45%. However, his overall lead has dropped by two points since the last poll in September. The poll has completed at, was completed after the news broke that the president uh, was with his wife of course, infected by COVID-19. But 68% said the illness would not affect their vote, while 19% said that they were more likely, more likely to, to support Trump. And only 13% said less likely. Almost two-thirds said they felt sympathy and concern for the president, while 38% said him getting the disease was karma. Gee, I wonder who those are. In an, in an, in an indication of uh, current divisive nature of the U.S. politics, uh, crucially, it says here, Mr. Trump uh, led in key swing states, including Florida, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and uh, remains at 4% by about 47% to 43% ahead. Uh, this gives a projected electoral college split of 320 for uh, President Trump and 218 for Joe Biden in a landslide victory for the president. While other polls have Biden ahead, the Democracy Institute, which correctly predicted Brexit, 
and Trump's win in 2016, only considers people who identify as likely voters rather than all registered voters and also asks about the so-called shy vote. Now, the monthly Democrat, uh, Democracy Institute Sunday Express poll for the president uh, said that, uh, let's see, 77% of Trump supporters will not admit to uh, friends or family uh, they're Trump supporters. Other controversies appear to have had little impact on the election, uh, with around 8 to 10 voters saying that the nomination for Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme, to the Supreme Court has changed their position. Although Trump, uh, Trump got more favorable support, 12% more, than unfavorable, which was 9%. Which, again, the uh, and I'm not reading here, I'm actually giving you my input here real quick. Amy Coney Barrett's uh, Supreme Court nomination is justified, folks. Okay, that is 100% legit. It's part of the Constitution. He's constitutionally at his right as president. So no matter what they say, he has done nothing wrong. And they want to impeach him for that, for following the Constitution. Now, after a first bad-tempered debate on the election, 32% said Trump won. 18% said Biden won, but half thought it was a draw. And more than 7 of 10 said it made no difference on how they would vote. Uh, law and order remains a top issue in the election. And after the riots linked to Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests, uh, with 32% unidentifying as the other number of one concern. However, the economy is closing the gap, with 30% putting it on top of the effects of the coronavirus continued to bite. Now, of course, uh, Trump outscored Biden with the economy with 70% thinking the economy is bouncing back in 60% to 40% trusting the president over his rival on the issue why because guys the first three years we had a great economy thanks to the president and uh, because of that i do think he's going to get reelected. because again it's all about the economy dummy remember that and that is very true it's all about the economy and when it comes to the economy we know that he can get it done and uh, I, I i'm fully satisfied with uh, my vote i am fully aware that some of you might hate me for it on especially on soflow radio but hey it's all good guys you can hit all, all you want he is still your president and uh, now i'm going to hit break as soon as i come back we're going to switch subjects and we're going to talk to mr stephen bassett and uh you know get his take on what's going on with the world and where we're at with the possible ending of the global embargo when it comes to the truth about UFOs and the entire space agenda. Folks, this is going to be a fascinating hour with, again, a living legend himself, Mr. Stephen Bassett. Stick around. This is Angel Espino. This is Inside the Jackal's Head. You are listening to PSN-Radio.com and we play no games here. We're really on the ball so if you guys want to stay informed stick around because we're going to give you nothing but facts gentlemen ladies boys girls and i don't care where you're listening to from or listening from whether it's this or another world don't go nowhere we'll be right back All right, everybody, welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head. We're here live uh, again on psn-radio.com 
and of course the world famous SoFlo Radio and Global Environment Radio Network. With me now is the gentleman of the hour, the person who I said earlier on the show, if you were listening, that they should one day erect a statue of him because he is truly a pioneer in the world of ufology and the world against the embargo that's been taking place for decades and decades and decades now when it comes to the truth of UFOs. The one and only a person I call a dear friend for over a decade now, Miss Stephen Bassett. Thank you so much for being on the show live with me here tonight. Enjoy. I have some colleagues who'll get statues before I do, I'm sure. <laughs> you're well-deserving, my friend. I mean, I've known you for a long time now, and I I, I tell you, you're one of the, the people that got me really into the movement early on, uh, into ufology, because I, I was following what you were doing, and I'm like, man, this is really the most important question of, of our society and our planet. Are we alone? What are they hiding from us? What is the truth? And I think, you know, with what we've gone through this year with uh, COVID and everything, I think we're getting closer and closer to that. But before we get into the, the meat and potatoes, what we're going to talk about, I want to ask you how you've been with the lockdown and, and everything that we're facing this year. Well, I must confess that uh, all of us have had a rough time, I know, except for the Except for the very wealthy, God bless their hearts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the rest of us have had a rough time. Uh, and mine is not, I think mine has been better than most. Uh, but I have to confess that uh, uh, my, uh, my cognitive ma- matrix is uh, pretty pixelated right now. Uh, hmm. I- I'm, not, I'm not as sharp as I was nine months ago. So you're going to have to bear with me. Well, it happens to the best of us. I, I'm 42, about to be 43, and I feel like I'm 85 because of my lupus. And sometimes the, the mind wanders. So I, I'm getting it early, so I completely understand, believe me. <laughs> yeah, I, again, not. I, I'm in my 195th day of strong isolation. Yeah. Uh, and by that, I mean no windows, but the whatever. Uh, I'll, try to, I'll try to do my best, but if I screw up, hey, it's the pandemic's fault. <laughs> In fact, exactly, anything that goes yeah. wrong is the pandemic's fault. That's that's the way we should play this. Yeah, no, it's funny because uh, the uh, I had a friend of mine who passed away of a, of a heart attack earlier this year uh, when there was the middle of the pandemic, and initially they tried to blame it on COVID, and it turned out it was a heart attack. It had nothing to do with COVID. I think a lot of that stuff is being blamed on purpose to inflate numbers and keep us all in fear and keep us locked in. Uh, there's a lot of fear mongering going on right now, and they're manipulating this disease into something a lot worse than I think it might be. Now, I've had 13 friends of mine who have come down legit, supposedly with COVID. Now, one have died, Stephen. Good. So, including my father, his girlfriend, my uncle, uh, my cousin, and my uncle's wife. I hear you. Yeah, so, it's I mean, a big country. It's a big country, uh, Angel. Yeah. 330 million people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. hey, that's that's a small percentage of the total people. However, yeah. the 200,000 families of the people that have died don't quite see it that way. Well, no, that's true. But how many of that is actually because of COVID? That's the, the big thing. That's where I'm getting at. You know, and uh, remember, we had uh, what was it recently Biden said that 6,000 members of the military died. And it was actually seven. Yeah, it was seven people. So, you know, there's a lot of misquotes and misinformation in the media, which we you know about misinformation and the, the media lying and manipulating. I mean, this is right up with what we've been talking about for a decade plus now uh, with the truth embargo and how, you know, the media just completely, like, fabricates the facts and, uh, and lies about it. Um, 
you know, this is nothing new. And uh, now it's it's funny because, you know, Trump said it, I think, as a joke when he ran about draining the swamp. And it's like they're draining themselves, Stephen, at this point. And the swamp includes a lot of people that have kept the secret. And that's why I think the Pentagon came clean with some of the footage uh, legitimizing that they're real, you know, UFOs or, or aerial phenomena. Is it, like, what is it? They changed the name now. Uh, now it's not UFO anymore. They're changing the, the language. Uh, but a lot I of helped, the stuff... I helped with that, uh, Angel. I've played a yeah. strong part of changing the language for 20 years now. Yeah. I know, so, I know. They're following your they're following your footsteps. Exactly. That's that's a beautiful uh, thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah not, not well, not totally. But again, I, a lot of people have worked to change the language because in activism, it's extremely important to be accurate about yep. what you want and what and, and and how you're going to draw the people together and uh this happens all the time mm-hmm. uh and so uh, i mean whether whatever movement you want to look at whether it's civil rights gay rights um uh anti-war movement and there are two there are two examples right now which strike stick out to me and as an activist i'm responding as an activist okay i'm not i'm not trying to get into the weeds on this but uh, a phrase emerged out of the recent activism called Black Lives Matter. All right. Now, the problem with that is that does not state what they're trying to say. It's catchy, and it's got a nice ring to it, but it's right. not accurate. The mm-hmm. accurate phrase, the proper phrase, is Black Lives Matter 2. I was thinking about putting the yes. together, Black Lives Matter number 2. And people say, well, what's the difference? The difference is a lot, because by saying Black Lives Matter 2, you eliminate a lot of the basis by which people that are, for whatever reason, opposed to these ideas can attack you. All right, so that's one. And then another one is defund the police. That's not what they mean, but it sounds good. It's clever, right? It's got, it's kind of, um, uh, you know, it's got some uh, pizzazz to it. That's not what they mean. They mean reform the police, restructure the police. And so these are two classic cases of inaccurate language, which is severely damaging. I think, some important activism. And we've had the same problem in the ETUAP issue as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've done what I can to try to help them. No, definitely. Like I said, you've been one of the pioneers. I I do find it kind of crazy when I hear rhetoric like uh, abolish the police. In fact, uh, there's a young lady named Lilith Sinclair who was uh, in uh, Portland, one of the main members of Antifa. And uh, she's uh, been on the record uh, it's on, it's on YouTube. She's one of like literally. She's one of the uh, charting members down in Portland, and she said that her goal and the goal of this group is not just to reform the police or the government; it's to abolish the United States, abolish the police. That's crazy. Uh, that's crazy talk. I mean, well, I say what you want to say. I can assure you that within the community, that wants to see justice, wants to see people treated fairly. For every person in the in the activist movement, and, or any subset of that activist movement that says I want to abolish the police, there's a thousand people in the same movement that don't want that. What they want 
is to reform the police. Correct. And so, but but you see, saying to reform the police is accurate, but it doesn't mm-hmm. quite get the attention. That's why activists tend to say extreme things. The activist is always trying to get the attention because you can't make progress if people don't pay attention to you. So you want the media to listen. You want public to pay attention. And so you're constantly under a certain pressure to say something radical, okay? Say something outrageous. And that way people will pay attention. Of course, you don't factor into the account that you're not reflecting the totality of the movement and you're giving the opposition easy ammunition hey that has been true of every activist movement there ever was i assure you and so uh what can i say all the activists can do the, the ones that understand this is to convey information well to not get too extreme and hopefully the movement will succeed but I, I encourage people to be careful here. You know, I, I, there's an idea that came to my mind the other day. When I was a kid, and I know you did this. Well, I don't know. If you were ever lived up north much. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, eight, nine, ten, we would go out in the winter. We'd make snow forts. And we'd get behind these little snow forts, right? And you throw snowballs at each other. It's very cool. Well, that was 50 years ago. Oh, my God. That was 60 years ago. Okay? <laughs> kind of dating yourself there a little bit, Stephen. <laughs> so here, here we are today. You know what people are doing? They're creating anonymous handles on the Internet, which are like snow forts, and they stay behind those, and they throw antidotes at each other, if you get my meaning. Yep. Okay. So anyway, that's one subject. Shall we get into the weeds here? I mean, I mean, get out of the weeds and into the ED <laughs> stuff, man. What's going on? And no, it's always fun to like you know hear you know thoughts of folks like yourself within a certain uh, group uh, when it comes to like you know talking about stuff that's outside the box for what you normally speak about because it really shows that you know you are aware of everything that's happening in the world, not just in the world of UFOs or I, you know yeah you have I, to be I have to be so, some yeah. of the researchers that are digging into you know, aspects of this field they mm-hmm. they, they don't. They don't. I think many don't have the inclination and don't have the time to follow all of the political developments going on. But I'm a political activist, and the issue is global, massive, and so yep. I need to have a pretty good idea of almost everything that's going on to some degree, because everything that's going on, one way or another, is going to be impacted by the outcomes of this movement. Where do you think we stand now when it comes to the actual uh, disclosure? Uh, process that we've made over the last uh, well really 20 plus 30 years uh, and especially since you've been involved uh, now moving in 2020 2021 coming up in a few months uh, what do you think the process is or the progress that we've made uh, and that's that's the question I needed to hear uh, look here's where things are now mm-hmm. uh, the disclosure movement is advanced dramatically in the last three years and the overwhelming uh, reason for that is the launch, the emergence of the To the Stars Academy. They are leading the movement now. They are the point of the spear, if you like those kind of analogies. They're carrying the ball. And it will be the TTSA that takes the ball over the end zone, gets to spike the ball, and then hold up the trophy after the game. That's the way it's going to be. Now, the plan was not for this to stretch out for four years. That wasn't the plan, but that's the way it worked out. So now we're three. It's been. Um, it will be three years this month that the To the Stars Academy 
suddenly went public. And really, there had been almost no, very little indication of it. The only thing we had prior to the launch on October 11, 2017, was an interview by George Knapp of Tom DeLong in 2016, March. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and it gave us some idea something was going on. No particulars, really. And then there was uh, another indication something was going on when the WikiLeaks emails were released by uh, in going into the last days of the election in 2016. And we learned of the substantial amount of interaction between Tom DeLong and a few members of the people he was working with inside and John Podesta. That was it. Okay. And right. then the election was held and nothing happened. Basically, nothing happened. All went silent. Mm-hmm. And it would be 11 months before they made the decision to go ahead with what they had planned to do in November, December of 2016. So they launched in 2017. And since then, they are driving the process, literally driving the process. And while it has been a a rough going because it's been a very tumultuous three years, um, they have accomplished a great deal. Uh, And... As a result, I believe, I'm pretty sure, that we're in the last months of the truth embargo. I have very strong confidence in that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of know how things are going to play out next year. Right? But for right now, what has happened is that the TTSA... Now, let me back up here, because this is important. Mm-hmm. When the TTSA was formed, that was important. That was a big deal. However... When they, as they had planned to do from the beginning, of course, all this, everything that happened was pretty much planned in advance. Only the timing got screwed up. Yep, when yep. they delivered the, the stories, the information, including the gun camera footage, to the New York Times, and when the New York Times, after vetting it, extensively vetting that information, published the two front-page articles on December 16, 2017, the disclosure movement, which at that point was, well... I feel the movement really got underway for two, in 2000, but technically it goes back forever. But the disclosure movement crossed the Rubicon. The, at that point, there was no going back. There was yep. going to be no retrenchment, per se. We might slow down, but we were not going to go back. And, in fact, the die was cast. In fact, disclosure at that point was virtually inevitable. Well, it's always been inevitable, but it was going to be soon. Right? But, again, there were a lot of circumstances that stretched it out. But they proceeded, I think, on the same path that they had planned, it just on a much slower pace. And so you got the New York Times articles. Meanwhile, they'd done an extensive amount of filming and easily sold, if they weren't approached directly, uh, a, a show to the History Channel, which was going to be a key part of their strategy. They chose the History Channel, I think, for very good reasons. For one, they do it. Secondly, it was decent, credible. Uh, it's, there's a lot of channels a lot less credible than history. And, of course, Ancient Aliens had developed huge millions of followers. And so it was just about the right level of seriousness uh, to get the job done. And so they and it's not like the sci-fi channel. It's the history channel, which gives a little bit more legitimate uh, feel to it. Because, it's, you know, when you start putting this thing into context, this is going to become part of our history. So it, it's like well, it, it belongs it is history. to it. Yeah. It's history. The sci-fi channel yeah. is mostly, you know, fiction. Yeah, okay? exactly. So they, they launched the Unidentified series. Mm-hmm. And as you Great know, there series, were two yeah. seasons. 
all yep. this year, right? Mm-hmm. And they were uh, first with six episodes and then eight episodes. And they they carefully took the subject that they had introduced to the New York Times and elaborated on it, but mostly kept reintroducing it to the general public, right? Um, and they started off, of course, with the Nimitz case, which has always been the centerpiece of this from the beginning, with an emphasis on the witnesses, the pilots, all that good stuff. They got that out, and pretty much, by and large, it, the first six seasons, with the exception of the first season, with the exception of the sixth episode, was pretty much all about the Nimitz case, some maybe the Roosevelt case to a degree, and witnesses, military witnesses coming forward that they did show. Okay. Correct. Then they yeah. took a hiatus for a number of months. Um, and then had the second season. Now, in between the first season, the end of the first season of Unidentified, uh, Inside America's UFO Investigation, and the second season, they were getting, as planned, approaches from military witnesses. Lots of them. Tom DeLonge alluded to something like 1,500 contacts, of which I imagine a very sizable number were military people. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the effect of the New York Times article. And the effect of the Unidentified show, which brought them those witnesses into play again, and some that were not in the article, they lowered the bar dramatically on witnesses coming forward, military witnesses. Uh, they lowered it lower than it's ever been, because all of these witnesses were talking, and they were in the New York Times, and they're on the History Channel. Are they getting harassed? Are they getting fired? No. Nothing was happening to them. Right? And so a lot of there's thousands of people out there. In the U.S. military, retired or active, who have direct knowledge of this phenomena, in, in, to one degree or another, who remain silent because, well, that's the wise choice. However, the bar got dropped and they started coming out. And they were collecting those new accounts behind the scenes for months. And then they launched the second series. And in the second series, what they do? They brought up more witnesses. They selected a number of these witnesses, and they brought them out with more stories. Uh, some, and and, and uh, uh, by the Nimitz case, there were other cases. Okay, good. Now, a couple of them requested to be in silhouette, but still more. And they're all military witnesses, but everything's military, which is the appropriate, which is the strategy. Right. There's plenty of civilian stuff out there, but that doesn't fit their, their agenda. Right. So that was very powerful. But in between the two shows... In, well, actually, not in between the two shows, but because of the New York Times article and, in general, the, the existence of the TTSA, it triggered a cascade of responses, right? uh, some self-serving, some intended to be helpful, some public relations, from very significant entities. Because, again, the Rubicon had been crossed. And so a whole lot of people inside government knew that, well, the exodus was heading for the promised land, and you could either get into that exodus or you could stay on the outside and see how it went. And so what happened was, and and it's important to note that most of the responses came from the Navy. Now, this is is not not, uh, an accident. The TTSA made the decision to launch their fundamental initiative with the New York Times based on Navy jet gun camera footage 
one major case, the Nimitz case, and another significant case that's closer in time, 2014, the Roosevelt case. All aircraft carriers, right. all yep. pilots. Yep. And so basically the Navy was at the very center of this, these articles. And of course, the, and, and, and the, the gun camera footage was the first ever released by the U.S. government or any government in the world. That was a milestone that most citizens wouldn't understand. They just, hey, let's, some film. Okay, great. Isn't that cool? They have no idea the significance, most people. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, guess what? The New York Times, of course, put that up on their website. And as you know, those, the, that, those gun camera clips, particularly the Tic Tac, it's all over the world. You can yep. find it on tens of thousands of sites. How many millions of people have seen that gun camera footage? I cannot imagine, but it's a big deal. And so, the Navy was kind of in an embarrassing position. Because I don't think they they called they sent an email to the Navy and told them what they were going to do ahead of time. They didn't send an email to anybody. They couldn't do that because if they had notified a number of, of entities with a number of uh, of um, um, services and, and and agencies and so forth in the government, hey, here's what our plans are. <laughs> no, that would have been a whole lot of pushback. Like, are you out of your mind? You can't mm-hmm. do that. Uh-uh. So they just did it, and they they even surprised the front office of the Pentagon, their PR office. They didn't know what was going on. So when they got approached, it was like, uh, uh, you know, so look. <laughs> it's like so bust it with their hands on the, on the, uh, on the meat. You're like, yeah, there's no way they can run. <laughs> so what did, the, what, did, what did people who, what did the Navy learn when, the, when those articles uh, appeared in the New York Times? Well, that there, the incident of 2004 uh, with the Nimitz Aircraft Carrier Group, which they'd known about, obviously, for 13 years, has just been outed. And they're sitting there holding the bag. In other words, we didn't say anything, we suppressed the testimony, and now everybody knows, boy, is this awkward. And so they needed to respond. They needed to get on board. Public relations. So they did a number of things. They announced that they were reviewing the protocols for sightings and stuff and what the pilots can do. Then they announced that they've set up an actual system for for reports again. Um, uh, Then they acknowledged that the the gun camera footage was legit. It was significant. And they did a couple of other things, very significant. So this is the Navy just sort of getting on board, saying, yeah, hey, look, we – you know, you understand national security, but yeah, it's out, so let's talk about it. Then the Army jumped in and cut this uh, cooperative research deal with TTSA, which just really doesn't mean much of anything. I mean, it had to do with metamaterials. And frankly, it was no big deal. These are not a big deal. But, but what, what it accomplished is it showed that the Army, by doing that, was saying this is a credible group. Okay? Now, the Army wasn't really in a bad position. There was nothing about the Army and the releases from TTSA to the New York Times. But nevertheless, the Army wanted to get on board, so they did that. The Air Force, it's noted, has done nothing. It's like, uh, you know, I, you know, I know nothing. I mean, you know nothing. <laughs> but the, but the, the Air Force did. Okay. The so, good old hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil. <laughs> now, the other thing that was going on at the time that uh, – really prior to the shows being aired, right? So this would have started, I think, in 2018. Exactly when, I don't know. But this was all behind the scenes. Hush, hush. So they're airing, they're about to air the shows, but while they're getting, while that's put together and it's going to air on History Channel, they start going up to the Hill for private briefings. Now, I didn't know this until later. 
And they were using the pilots primarily. We don't know exactly who briefed who and when, but we know that they were having private briefings off the record, basically, no press conferences, no statements are going to come from the, the members of Congress, uh, to basically bring them up to speed on, I think you could basically say the Nimitz case and the related stuff, how far they went beyond that, don't know, but they were giving these briefings. Now, it's notable that, well, we know that Later, we learned that they've given a lot of briefings. Tom DeLonge has indicated there's been quite a few. All right? And we know that they briefed both Republicans and Democrats. A couple of the people that Correct, were briefed yeah. did mention they were briefed, mm-hmm. which is not a, a, a severe violation of the understanding, but they said so. Mark Warner was notable, Democrat, Senate Intelligence. Mark mm-hmm. Walker was uh, said something. He was a uh, Republican, House of Representatives. Uh, uh, Senator Shaheen mentioned something. So we knew they were having briefings. We didn't know how many. turns out it was a lot. And because they were briefing both Democrats and Republicans, naturally, one of those Republican committee chairs or committee members notified the White House that we're get- we got the briefing about this interesting stuff. And so uh, eventually they gave a briefing to the president. We believe it was the pilots. We don't know how many pilots were there. We don't know if Chris Mellon, who's leading the congressional approach, was there, but the president was briefed, and that's been confirmed. When I learned about that, that's when I made the decision. I had to relocate back to Washington and whatever the hell it took. Like, when it comes to me, <laughs> let me tell you, everything is difficult. Right? You got to go you know, back to the belly of the beast. Yeah, yeah. I need to get back to my Washington apartment. Okay, <laughs> you know, I need to get back there. I get a first class flight, cruise on back. It's uh, no, no, it's not like that at all. So that's when I realized. We are really moving forward quickly. I have got to get back because the political process is heating up. So I relocated back and set up the, uh, an office in the National Press Building. Okay, so that was going on. All right. Uh, and then they held the second series. They held more interviews came out. And uh, Tom DeLong alluded to the fact that nearly 1,500 contacts had come, come to bear. And so... By then, I had a pretty good idea where things were going. But I should say that if all of the... And I'm watching this whole thing. I mean, I, mean, I, I have followed this as closely as anybody in the world. Oh, I know. I, I know. I know. I be... <laughs> into it, as, say, in certain aspects of it. In other yeah. words, I look at the big picture. Like, Richard has plunged deep into certain aspects of it, Richard Dolan. Mm-hmm. But in terms yeah. of the larger picture, no one's followed. I have logged in virtually every mainstream article on the TTSA and related developments from TTSA activities on my print media archive on my website. It's now approaching 700 articles. I have a page devoted to, with, with, uh, with graphic links, to all of the video uh, statements they've made and all of the news video clips regarding the TTSA, many of which included interviews of TTSA people and so forth. There's about 150 of those on my website. So I've been following this extremely closely. And so uh, as, as this, that series is heading toward the uh, – the history series is heading toward the eighth, the eighth and final episode, I, I realized, okay, I know where things are going. But then I got a gift, all right, because I've supported the TTSA from the beginning. Only one time have I come publicly out with some reservations, because the one thing that I was concerned about in their agenda, their plan, was that, in my view, the threat emphasis was 
the needle was too far to the right, okay? Too far. Uh-huh. Uh, initially, they were talking potential threat, which is perfectly appropriate. Believe me, it's right. a potential threat. But then it was more threat threat. And then it started turning up in the first series. The threat was getting manifest there. Though there were some caveats, there were some statements which would mitigate that. But nevertheless, from the standpoint of the public, that's what they were hearing, threat, threat, threat. Now, while I was concerned How much is that just like you think uh, fear-mongering, or do you think that's actually a legit threat? No, it's not fear-mongering. It is legit, and it's legit in this way. In order to achieve the goal that they are seeking, which they're going to get... The threat aspect of the ET issue was essential. If, you know, if even if you are a bunch of guys that used to work at the DOD and the CIA and, and the skunk works and, and so forth, and, and your heavy-duty credentials and huge gravitas, even if you're that, that doesn't mean that the journalists are going to flock to your door. It doesn't mean that the committee chairs True. on the Hill yeah. are going to just open their doors. But what, if you cast this in the national security mode everyone understands that there's a legitimate national security implication to this hell the nuclear weapons tampering which is they, they've emphasized as well is no-brainer you're going to get their attention you're going to get the coverage and you're going to get the committee hearings on the, you're going to get the committee meetings behind on the hill and so that was essential to that i get it it's okay but how far are you going to push it, particularly once you get what you want, okay? So I'm, 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 I'm watching this and I'm watching this carefully. And so it comes to the final episode of the second season of Unidentified, uh, which is now maybe a month, six months, six weeks ago, five weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew that that was going to be it for this year. It wasn't going to be a third one this year. That was done. They were done. And it was phenomenal. Why? Well, first and foremost, and I was astounded. I literally, my jaw dropped when I realized what they were doing. The, and if people haven't watched this eighth episode, they need to go find it. I mean, go get it. History Channel, Daily Motion, YouTube, wherever the hell you can find it. This show was devoted to encounters of the phenomena, as in ETs, as in missing time. Of course, all by military people. In other words, they brought contact right in to their agenda. Now, that's significant because, one, it's a message to all the researchers and the activists who came before them and to all the contactees out there. Look, we may have acted like we just arrived on the scene and nobody knew what was going on and we just brought this all out. And, oh, man, now everybody knows there's something going on. No, 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 no. There's, they stand on the shoulders of thousands of researchers and activists and genre journalists. And it's just like we're going to ignore the contact phenomena, even though that is not the way you're going to get the journalists clamoring and calling you up. It's not the way you're going to get the, the committees to take those meetings. But they'd already established all that. They'd already gotten the journalists. They'd already had the meetings. And so they felt comfortable enough to bring the contact aspect of this, which is the most controversial of all. And I assure you, will be will be second te- secondary or tertiary to the, uh, the the next agenda that's coming. It's not going to be first and foremost. But that that made a clear statement. Hey guys, we we understand. We know the big picture. We know a lot more that we can talk about. And and we're letting the contactees know we haven't forgot about you either. Now this was very significant. 
But then something else happened uh, that I need to man. I, I need to read this if you'll indulge me. I'm going to go, go to. Uh, I need to quickly go to my Chrome. These are two statements at the end of um, the eighth show uh, on the second season. Uh, in other words, they're wrapping up the season. There's not going to be another one this year. There may not be another one ever again. I don't know. And naturally, as they're closing out, Tom, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Louis Elizondo and Christopher Mellon mm-hmm. uh, sort of give the closing statements right, to, uh, the, uh, uh, to the show, to the, whole, to the double series. Right. right. And hang on a second. Do you think there's going to be another season next year if uh, all things uh, move forward? You know, there's, no, there's no reason not to, but uh, i got to tell you, uh, based on what I think is going to happen, who knows what, I mean, you're going to have some serious yeah. things going down, and I really don't know what to expect next year. It could be a whole different show, two hours long, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, all right, hang on, here we go. I mean, if they, if they keep it in the same kind of format, they could do two seasons uh, per year. Well, I can't, but again, we're going to be in a very different place uh, oh, yeah. next yeah. year. Um, Hopefully a better place, because my goodness. <laughs> here's the Christopher Mellon statement. I think I'm about to okay. both. Okay. Here's what he, now remember, Christopher Mellon is the former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Intelligence for Defense, right? He's the political Correct. guy. He's yeah. the one that's orchestrating all of the political side of, the political side of this, by and large. And he's you know, a very highly respected guy with huge credentials. So here's what he says. This is his last remarks, ending the second season of Identified. We probably won't hear from him again in any meaningful way until next year. He says the phenomena is real. These are not Russian, U.S., or Chinese vehicles. If there is another intelligence from another system, which is vastly uh, more advanced and sophisticated than we are, and we are able to establish contact and communication, it would be the equivalent of possibly gaining hundreds of thousands or millions of years of knowledge in days or weeks. Now, does that sound like his view of... Hang on. Yeah, I think I got, <laughs> no, I got some sound coming from somewhere. Uh-oh. Uh, well, I'll, I'll answer real quick. That doesn't sound like his view. That sounds like a, a written, well-prepared statement, if you ask me. Uh, it sounds like something they, yeah, that they've had planned to like release, and and they double checked exactly word for word what it was that they're saying to make sure it's properly uh, languaged to the to the masses. Oh, you can be sure yeah. that that was absolutely planned. That is. These are these are selected closing remarks that he is going to give on camera to wrap up that season, right? And so these are yeah, you got, you got to meet your your. Um, I don't know. Do you have like one of the uh, pages? Of the I am open trying open. to close out. I opened up all these files, and one of them has got sound. I'm about to get rid of it. I'm closing in on it right now. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, Ooh, this is the that. first another show on the show. There, you go. <laughs> there we go. Hey, look, I'm not, if you watch the news, you know, I'm, we're not the only ones having trouble. They, because of all the in-home stuff they have to do, yep. uh, even the news organizations are constantly having issues with yep. uh, with their hosts coming in. So we're not alone in that regard. I'm going to get... And we, we are using Skype and Microsoft technologies. So. 
I'm almost there. This could be... Yeah, that's Elizondo. Here's two more. Here we go. Got to be closed out pretty soon. Got it. Okay, now. There we go. Silence is golden. Now we can hear you. I told you at the beginning of the show, did I not say that my cognizance... My cognizant, mate, cognizant, cognizant, cognizant. <laughs> you, you Joe Biden me out there, man. Don't go Joe Biden on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I'm heavily pixelated here. Okay, now here, here is something even more important. These are the clo- This is the closing remarks from Elizondo. All right. Here's what he says. What does it mean for us if we are presented one day with the fact that there are others? with a capital O, out there. Does it mean we are not as special anymore? Or does it mean that we have brothers and sisters that now we should start a new journey with? I think there is magic in that. It's wonders to think that the greater cosmos, billions and billions of light years with billions and trillions of stars and planets, that we are all part of this interesting cosmic neighborhood. Wouldn't it be amazing? Maybe we will be more human. Maybe we will learn to be more than human. If we have a chance to learn from something else, and therefore our definition of being human is expanded. Now, again, these are the two key people in the TTSA. These are the two most important people, period. Elizondo is pretty much handling the witness yep. development. And Mellon is handling the, inter- the, uh, the, the connections to the Congress. And both of these statements do not have the concept of threat anywhere in them. In fact, they sound like some of my New Age colleagues, right? <laughs> they talk about the ascension and yeah, you know, beings yeah. of light and all that kind of stuff. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that they've gone that far. They haven't. But these, these two comments, which I believe they felt comfortable in giving because they'd already established everything they needed in terms of where they're going next year, all right? So that it wasn't like members of Congress going to read that and go, "Oh my God, there's a bunch. These are a bunch of uh, new age hippies trying to get up here in a hill." No, this was a message to the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Remember that yep. the show that they closed out on was about encounters with the phenomena by mm-hmm. uh, by uh, implying abduction. They didn't use the word abduction. No, I get that uh, by military people. And now these comments, they're basically saying, "Look, don't worry about the threat thing." That's not where we're going. That is going to be part of what's coming. Yes, it has to be considered. It will be viewed. But we're not going to be up pounding the, de- the, 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 the committee tables with our shoes, you know, demanding that the Space Force get an extra $2 trillion so we can defend ourselves against the evil aliens. This is incredibly significant. It shows where they are. Now, I always felt, I always knew that was where they were from the beginning. I didn't have any doubts about that. But nevertheless, what they were saying was clearly putting that in the minds of a lot of people. And as you know, uh, Angel, a lot of people out there have, have blogged about this. They have tweeted about this. Man, threat, 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 threat. What's yep. going on? So that was very significant. And so to fi- finalize your answer, another one of my short answers, uh, <laughs> I believe here is what's about to happen. Now, there are some – it's not locked in. There are some circumstances that might delay it. All right, for, for a short period of time or a long period of time. Something major, you know, you know how history plays with us. You got all your plans together and then something awful happens. 
if we start sinking the Chinese, the Chinese and the U.S. start sinking each other's ships in the South China Sea, this 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 is not going to go like I think it's going to go. Okay, that's going right. to push it off. All right, but barring that, and 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 and, and there will be some. There's some. Uh, there is a variety of possibilities based upon certain uh, political outcomes. Now I'll, I'll talk about that. But the game plan is simple: this. Uh, after the election, circumstances are appropriate. They're going to start hearings immediately on the ET issue, the real deal, the ones we've tried to get for forever, for decades. Many attempts have been made, all failed. We haven't had a hearing since 1968, 50, a, a half century ago. And there's a good reason why we didn't have those hearings. Right? They didn't want them because hearings of, of high quality with the real deal, real deal hearings, not the one day 68 thing. It blows the truth embargo up, but we're going to get Correct. it. Yeah. And these hearings are going to be filled with military witnesses that they have been collecting for a year and a half. Elizondo has been the key there. He's he's talking to them. He's going out and I, you could say recruiting them, but certainly giving them a picture of what to expect and how many they'll have come next year. It will be a lot enough to hold multiple. It will be multiple hearings. There are there are quite a few committees on the Hill that would want a piece of this Armed Services Committee, Intelligence Committee uh, and so forth. There are quite a few. And so there will be multiple hearings and they will start, I believe, in late February of next year. And once those hearings get underway, they will be watched by hundreds of millions of people around the world. Seventy five million people just watched the last presidential debate. That's yep. nothing. Yep compared to how many people will watch these hearings. All right? mm -hmm. And once those hearings get underway, disclosure is inevitable and soon. And why is this make sense? I always knew that the road to disclosure, unless it was by an authoritative, authoritative head of state, like Putin or Xi Jinping, had to go through, if it's U.S., had to go through hearings. It was not right. going to be a good idea for the president to surprise everybody. Right. right. Yep. One day, oh, yeah, guess what? Uh, Aliens are real. Yeah. <laughs> just turn yeah. up one day in the way. Yeah, by the way, ETs are here. Thank you. i got to go to dinner. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, because the, 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 it's so much more appropriate. First of all, it involves the Congress. So the Congress gets a piece of the action. Right. It, it takes over a number of weeks and so many, hundreds of millions of people are going to watch this, and you're going to see the evidence unfolding under oath in front of committees. I held a citizen hearing on disclosure to give Congress an idea of what it was like. I don't know if that had much impact, but the point is that was why I did it. And, of course, other people have tried to get hearings. There have been a number of attempts, all blocked. But, of course, mm -hmm. those 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 attempts did not involve former members of the DOD and the Correct. DIA and the CIA and everybody else. <laughs> They didn't. They weren't. They weren't the TTSA, and so right. once you, you, this goes on for weeks, then the evidence just mounts. Now, the, now we already know there's enough evidence to prove the ET presence, but that's not the same thing as the right circumstances and evidence to literally convince the entire planet, right? Most right. of the planet. Right. That evidence will turn up under oath in these hearings over weeks until everybody goes, yeah, yeah, pretty much, obviously. I mean, I always knew it, but there you go. And so then the, the leadership of Congress meets with 
administrative administration, uh, I mean the White House people and DOD people, they all come together, and they sit and, and they look at each other and go, well, I think it's pretty clear the evidence from all these fine military witnesses pretty much confirms that this is an extraterrestrial-related phenomena. And so I think, given that, I think it's time that the president announce that that is, in fact, the case. So the president can then make the announcement. That's the disclosure event, not the hearing. Right. But anybody going to get excited? Anybody going to jump off the building? Or No! Everybody wins. The people yeah. win. The Congress wins. The White House wins. The DOD wins. Everybody wins. This is what is going to happen. And I think it's going to start in February. And we could have disclosure by April or sooner. Hmm. Now, that's I feel very strongly about this. Now, aside from a, a, a mile-wide meteor landing in the Pacific or war with China, something like that, there well, is after what there. we've had in the last year, I wouldn't be too far-fetched. <laughs> Anything is it. possible. <laughs> no, I know. Let me tell you. Uh, uh, so, is that, for that reason, you don't, you don't, you don't uh, put any money on it, or you don't totally, <laughs> totally change your plans. But yeah. uh, there are four political, there are four fundamental political outcomes uh, that we'll be looking at come January twenty of next year. Now, there are a few others that could happen, but they're pretty low percentage. These are the four most likely. It's pretty simple. Biden wins the presidency. The Democrats win the Senate. Biden wins the presidency. The Democrats lose the, keep the, do not get the Senate. Trump wins the presidency, and the GOP keeps the Senate. Trump wins the, pen, the, the presidency, and the GOP loses the Senate. Mm. Now, every one of those is a very different political situation come January 21. Mm-hmm. And so depending upon which of those happens is going to significantly affect the prospects of those hearings getting underway immediately as opposed to a little later as opposed to a lot later. Uh, I'm, I'm not smart enough to be able to, to, to measure that out. Do you think some of that will get? Uh, do you think some of that would get lost, maybe, in in some of the stuff that William Barr is covering with the, uh, you know, the collusion that actually, uh, you know, they're they're now going into that say Hillary was involved in in the fake dossier and all that stuff. Do you think that might also interfere in some of the disclosure from happening at the timetable of April? It's a good point. Look, yeah. uh, let me put it this way: no matter which of those four scenarios takes place. Next year is still it has the potential to have more than enough. What's the word I'm looking for? Oh man, um, more than enough extreme momentum by partisan fufa. Okay, or momentum really lawsuits, going into next year? Lawsuits, indictments, cases, this, oh, that. Yeah. All yeah. kinds of stuff. I mean, look, the, the potential is there for uh, 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 any amount of that, depending upon circumstances. But believe me, there's going to be a lot of it either way. Oh, yeah. definitely. But, yeah, yeah. But that said, right, the truth is that the American people are tired of that. They're tired of all of it. All right. They've been, we've been through it. Right? And so it's not like, oh, gee, we can't wait. For more lawsuits, more uh, more uh, uh, gridlock, uh, more um, uh, closing the government down, 
more more lawsuits, all this kind of stuff. It doesn't mean it won't happen, but the American people are tired of it. And, and the politicians know it. They know that while they're almost compelled to go to war, whatever the outcome, they also know the American people are sick of that war. And so for them, it's like, you know, I got to do it, but boy, it's going to be expensive. We're going to pay a price. Now, here's what, the, here's what the hearings do. Guess what? Whatever's going on, how many lawsuits have been filed, how many indictments have, have gone on, how many new investigations have been opened, if those hearings take place, they will be shoved in the background. The American people will be going, yeah, I understand you. Somebody did that and somebody indicted there, whatever. And it's, you know. But you know, look, 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 look. Military witnesses are giving us the goods filing on the ET reality. We make a confirmation it's true. And so disclosure uh, not only gives the American people a huge break in which, my God, now we can learn about something powerful and important and new that has all kinds of future possibilities. We can look to the future and not be constantly going over all the alleged crimes that both sides have done going back 20 years, right? So in that sense, the people will embrace it, meaning, yeah, oh, yeah, I, 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 this is what I want to look to. But then it also provides cover for these other things to kind of be sorted out without too much damage to both parties. Right? In other words, you, you and him fight, but go off in a back room somewhere, beat the hell out of each other. I got, I got something I'm, I'm watching here. So right. in that sense, it's also a win in, in a lot of other ways. So, again, I, when I run it all through the, the equation, I run all the equations, they keep coming up, barring something profound happening, with the hearings have to happen. Now, there are other reasons why they need to get those hearings done. And by the way, this assumes, I believe correctly, that there are now quite a few people in the DOD, in the military intelligence complex in general, and on the Hill that want this to happen now. They want it to happen. They're not fighting it. You know, Rubio puts that uh, that, that section into the Defense Intelligence Appropriations Bill. Now yep. it's the ONI, which is basically a front thing. It was done for PR. It doesn't matter. Saying we're going to get the... Uh, we're going to get the documents. We need to have them by six, 180 days from the passage of the bill. I think the bill just got signed, rather. That mm-hmm. puts the, the, quote, deadline for delivering that material around mid-March, which would be about well into the hearings that I'm talking about, rather convenient. Also, you may have right, noticed yeah. You may have noticed that suddenly we're getting more stuff out of NASA about this and that. Mm-hmm. You know the old drip, drip, drip that we've been talking about for years? Water yep. here, water there, here, there. You know, microbes are growing on the outside of the International Space Station. We just confirmed mm-hmm. Spans Permia is real. And then just yep. recently, phosphine gas in the Venus atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And then they, 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 then they make this very interesting statement in the summation. They say, we cannot find any abiotics uh, pathways for this gas to be there. Now, the average person hasn't a clue what the hmm. hell abiotic pathway means. <laughs> but you know what it means. And one of the articles uh, knew what it means, so they simply put it in the article. They said there's no other way except life that can generate that. That's right. a big deal. Created a lot of press, didn't it? Okay? So here's my take on that. For decades now, because it was necessary, the scientific community, primarily NASA, Maybe the, uh, uh, you know, the group out of Stanford, what's that, the, uh, uh, escapes my mind right now, but, you know, it's, it's the one that was involved in Mars, 
Um, they they have been dropping. Could it be Hoagland? No, no, no. It's the uh, it's the program that ran the Mars missions. The photographs. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, in any event, uh, they have been dropping these breadcrumbs for a couple of reasons. One, they they don't want to act like they're not they they don't they don't have any interest in the life issue, ET issue, life issue. On the other hand, they don't want to they don't want to set off any fireworks. They don't want to get carried away. But so that's that's a way to kind of uh, acclimate people to the prospect and the idea of intelligent life. Maybe ancient, dead now, but you know, once ex- whatever, uh, and, and also to cover their butts so they can show, hey, we we were we were looking, we we saw, we told you about stuff, right? Oh yeah, it turns out ET's been here forever, but you know, we were doing something. It's a PR move, and it's an yep. acclama- acclamation move. Okay, and that's and it was a slow drip drip because hey, uh, disclosure was way off in the future, and we're just doing our thing, and we 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 commented about that they would never admit it. Guess what's happening now? The disclosure process is now speeded up and gotten up close, and they're in the reverse position. Instead of a slow drip, drip as things stretch out, they are now having to catch up because disclosure is coming, and they need to look a little stronger. In other words, this process needs to speed up, guys. And so, boom, phosphine gas. Okay? Interesting time. Mm -hmm. Now, I was thinking about that, and I'm thinking... Okay, if they're going to catch up, they're going to have to do better than phosphine gas. Okay, if we're going to have hearings about ETs and nuclear weapons tampering and you know tic tacs flying all over the damn space and and uh, and and, and ri- ri- uh, flying rings around our a- 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 uh, F80s, F18s, they're going to have to do better than that. And I'm thinking, what would be the next thing that would be not too much but really strong? Well, as it happens, right now. There is a, a new Mars rover called Perseverance um, on its way to yeah. Mars. Yeah. Launched it in July. And guess what? It, it arrives on Mars in early February, which is about the time that I'm suggesting that you may see the hearings come together next year that Mellon is putting together. And so, okay, and so they got that, they got that rover and they haul it out there and they go cruising on out and, and well... As it turns out, within a day or two, they, they're cruising by this big rock formation, and the camera turns around 4K, high resolution, right? And there is a friggin', you know, there's, there is a friggin' uh, sculpture into the side of that, that rock. That 20 feet high it looks better than the stuff in Egypt. Bingo. Done. In that <laughs> instance, they have just confirmed that there was advanced civilization on Mars a billion years ago, so nothing to be concerned about, folks. But boy, does that raise some hell. And so NASA is like, whoa, big splash, everybody's excited, hearings are going on, and the scientific community is looking a little less like dumbasses. Okay, that's and, my call on that. And it goes back to a, a couple of uh, old literature uh, books, uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Well, it goes back to a lot of stuff. Richard yeah. Hogan, of course, will, will pop a bottle of champagne and dance all over the Definitely. House. But I'm thinking, how can, you know, this, this to me would be pretty cool. Now, as you know, they have taken, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of photos of Mars. Yeah. Most all of which blurry. Like, never seen. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and whether they anticipated this or not, there's people all over the damn planet with really good, you know, photo analysis software 
they're going through everyone they can get their hands on, right? And they're looking for anything they can find, and they keep putting this stuff up, you know. And yeah. most of it is like, yeah, but some of it is like, mm, right? And some of it's something like Google Mars, uh, Stephen, which is hysterical. It's like Google itself is telling you, look. This is sure. what they're giving us, you know? Look at it. <laughs> when the truth embargo started, we didn't have Google Earth. We didn't have yeah. 4K pictures of Mars. We didn't have hundreds of millions of people with photo, photo Adobe, <laughs> Photoshop. We didn't Technology have is our friend in a sense, yeah. And they come across a, a, in one of these Mars photos where a particular area has been pixelated out. Yes. Right. So or, or smudged out, and I'm a Photoshop expert, and I can tell smudges when I see them, and I and I use it all the time. So when I see some of these pictures, I'm like, what are they hiding here? And obviously, what's a smudge, you can't tell, but I mean, when I see the smudge, I'm like, that is done on purpose on Photoshop. Why? So under the slow drip approach they've been doing for years, if they, if they see something that's a slam dunk, it's got to be smudged, right? Right. It's not a slam dunk. What the hell? Let them have a bone. Plus, uh, you know, but I know there's so many photos. I always wondered if one of them, they just didn't check it well enough, and boy, there it was, smoking gun, and some teenager in the UK you know, gets it, blows it up, and bingo. But it hasn't happened. However, but you see, NASA wants to be the one that puts that out, not a teenager in the UK. They yep. want to do it. Can they do it? Well, not recently, but now, I think. It's time, and so, and don't don't be surprised if between now and that uh, Perseverance l- l- rover landing on Mars, a couple of other things come out. I don't know what the hell they got up their sleeve, but they'll come <laughs> up with something. They just there yep. was another another announcement just three days ago. New, big finding: giant water reservoir reservoirs underneath the the, the polar caps. Huge yep. amounts. Okay, yep. keep putting that in. Could be life down there. All right. Okay, gonna gonna go look for that. Okay, I'm going. That's another little little drip, another breadcrumb. But is it is it really and big enough? No, it's not. But it's something. So I'm I'm going to be interested and all get out what they come up with over the next five months until that rover gets there when they have a chance to really put on a show. So uh, anyway, that's these are these. This is my answer to where are we now. Stephen, we're unfortunately out of time. It's been an hour already. Time flies when you're on. Uh, we, we definitely want to have you back on. I extended it a little bit here just uh, to make sure we got through the segment because uh, I wanted to get to the final point of that answer, and that's exactly a great point to leave it on for the next time I have you on. And hopefully we're a lot closer uh, to the end game on, on February where uh, the stuff's going to start coming out because, again, I, I truly believe that you're absolutely right. I think February, April is actually a pretty accurate date. I've been, in fact, if you go back to my archive, I, I gave a similar era date. I was thinking more maybe along July or June, but April's a fine date for 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 me. I'll say in July because you know in July Fourth Independence Day, and I thought maybe they'll try to tie it in somehow and and make it like you know a global thing. Uh, it, that was just kind of a, an idea, but I mean you're right on the money. I think I think we're we're right there. Um. Uh, look, after what the world has just gone through, mm-hmm. by, by the way, and will have gone through by yep. January 20, deaths yep. in the U.S. are going to hit 350,000, mm-hmm. uh, which means that the total number of infected, uh, one way or the other, will probably be up in the range of... Uh, Over 100 uh, million plus, easy 20 million. It'll be about 10, 10, what, t- see, 10 times 350,000 is uh, 3.5 million. Have I got that right? Oh, no, the number of confirmed cases is a million. 
Yeah. By then, it'll be probably a million five, which means the number of total cases got infection but not confirmed, meaning didn't get in the hospital, will probably be right. in the range of 60 million. Right? That's a lot of people dealing with a lot of crap, and that's just our country. All right? And then the economic effects and the unemployment everything else, it's been hell. All right? Mm-hmm. And if it was hell for us, do you want to even imagine what it's been like for the Brazilians, the mm-hmm. Spaniards, the French, the U.K.? And don't even talk about China, all right? Oh, Italy? And so, we, the world, ah, the world, can you imagine anything that would get the world back together and thinking forward, thinking positive, and thinking, okay, let's fix all this? I mean, yep. do we do not, have we not earned a, a hot fudge Sunday that big? I think we have. <laughs> I think Nancy Pelosi will make it chocolate. Yeah, we'll all enjoy well, it. <laughs> well, hot, hot fudge and chocolate is pretty much the same thing. Yeah, uh, exactly. Stephen, so uh, we we, we, we got to go, but I definitely want to uh, you know make sure the audience uh, knows how to get to you. Uh, give again, uh, let's give out the website address where they can follow you know everything you're working on because that's the most important thing to continuously follow what you're doing. Uh, P- uh, ParadigmResearchGroup.org. Yep. Or just put in Paradigm Research Group, three words, it comes right up top, left link. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, email me at prg at paradigmresearchgroup.org. My podcast, The Disclosure Wire, is going to launch any day, right? Disclosure Wire podcast, uh, uh, which I'll be broadcasting from uh, Washington here in the National Press Building. Uh, and I'll be following, and I'll be talking about all these issues and more throughout well, the rest of this year and next year. Uh, so look for that. It'll be announced all over the place. And I'll be doing a lot of interviews uh, because uh, I've been kind of holding off, wanted to make sure things had gotten to a certain point. So we're now in the last months. Let's have a good time. Let's enjoy uh, and uh, keep in touch. Let's rock and roll. And if you need any help on any technical stuff coming up, you let me know, man. You know, I got your back 100%. You've been a gentleman and uh, really one of the, the best friends I've had when it, when it comes to the world of, uh, you know, the ufology, uh, the shows, and just personally, I love having you on, man. You're, you're a true gentleman and a scholar, and I truly mean that. Really uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Angel. All right. Just take do, care, me, do me one favor. Yeah. Stay safe. Believe me, I'm one of the safest guys in, in this town. Because I, I ain't getting this disease, dude. It ain't going to happen. We need you, sir. We need you. Yeah. God bless you. And, uh, you know, thank you for being here again. And, guys, uh, that is the phenomenally great Stephen Bassett. And uh, we're going to be back uh, next uh, week on Thursday with more Inside the Jackal's Head. Until then, uh, thank you all for uh, tuning in. Kaiser's uh, been waiting here uh, patiently uh, because he knows the importance of, uh, you know, the gentleman who's on here with me tonight. So. So uh, thank you for everybody who's tuned in. We shall catch you on on Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern, right back here on psn-radio.com. Till then, take care and stay safe.